Welcome to the only podcast that tells it like it is, while giving you powerful, actionable tools to empower you to live your best life. Fuck anxiety. Are you ready to get shit done? And now your host, anxiety expert and certified life coach, Vicki Louise. Hi lovelies, how are you today? Before we get into our social anxiety podcast episode, I want to ask you a question. Has this podcast helped you? Is there something you've learned that you didn't already know that's helped you in some way? Because here is the thing, I get emails and Instagram messages from so many of you, which I love, keep them coming. (laughs) But you're telling me about what a positive impact this has had on your day, your week, or even your whole life. So I want you to think of one person you know that you think would really benefit from listening to this podcast. Maybe you have more than one, but really commit to one person, share this podcast with them, give them the gift of knowledge, because there really is no better gift. And honestly, as I was researching today's topic and have been researching it for years, I was just reminded of how much misinformation is out there. With social anxiety in particular, we really need to clean up how we define it, what we make it mean about us, and how we respond to it. So that's what we will be doing on today's episode. And I wanted to tell you what happened to me yesterday. So I heard about a woman's a women's entrepreneur expo and decided I wanted to go. So I've worked on my own social anxiety for years, literally to the point where I can attend intimate events. Actually, most weeks I even host an intimate social networking event type thing where I invite people I don't know. And I've helped a lot of people host their own events. And I'm in a place right now where I'm really comfortable meeting people one-on-one and talking to strangers. And yet still the idea of going to a big expo by myself, well, it brought on some discomfort and that familiar friend, social anxiety. And it was subtle, but it was there. I did the work, stopped making excuses, registered online, got in the car, drove for about 20 minutes, parked up and walked into the hotel where the expo was taking place only to find out that it had been called off. So there you have it. My Sunday overcoming social anxiety and not being able to go (laughs) to the event. And maybe some of you listening have had something similar happen to you. What I will say is this definitely wasn't a waste as I still did the work and managed my mind around it. So I can promise you the next time an expo happens, I will be there. I will also be calling first to check that it's actually taking place. So there's my social anxiety story. But last week we spoke about other people's opinions in a more general sense, but that definitely ties in to social anxiety. So here are the statistics. Social anxiety is the second most common experienced anxiety in the US with over 12% of adults experiencing it at some time. So if this is you, welcome to the Social Anxiety Club. If you've spent years telling yourself that there's something wrong with you, after listening to this episode, you'll be able to lay that painful belief to rest. Because such a high percentage tells us that science can probably explain social anxiety and that it's pretty fucking normal. I also want to offer that one of the things that I see in social anxiety is really a spectrum. 
I think everyone has social anxiety at some degree on some level. So for me, it came with going to like a big expo. For other people that are very comfortable going to big events, it might come to one-on-one -on, -one on a date or a job interview or meeting your partner's parents, whatever it might be. I really think every human experiences some level of it. So it's completely fucking normal. Um, so let's start by defining it. And we define it as social anxiety is anxiety or fear of being judged or rejected in a social situation. And social anxiety comes from the same place all our anxiety comes from, our thoughts, those sentences in your brain. And in this sense, it's coming from what you think others will think of you. Will they like you? Will they like what you're wearing? Will they ignore and reject you? And reminder, this is what your brain is always looking to do to protect you. So if it senses possible rejection, there comes anxiety. And in terms of our evolution, social anxiety is really understandable if we try and trace it back. So of course you care what other people think about you. Being liked by other people was literally a matter of life or death throughout most of the history of the human brain, right? When we were out in the wild, if you were rejected by a tribe, you would not survive by yourself and you would literally die. So your predecessors and my predecessors survived because they had the skill and understanding of this and they passed that down to us. And let's add to this that we're all taught from a young age to prioritize what other people think of us. Say thank you so they think that you are well behaved. Don't swear so they don't think that you are rude. Get good grades so they think that you are smart. So of course social anxiety exists and is so fucking common. It's basically programmed into our brains. Okay, now we know what it is and where it comes from. Let's explain what's actually happening. When you enter a social situation, or even before you enter it, just at the thought of the social situation, you start to have thoughts about what other people will think of you. They'll think I'm too loud, they'll think I'm not smart enough, they'll think I'm awkward. So right now, for each of you listening, I would like you to pause this podcast and ask yourself this question. What are you worried that other people will think about you? So go deep into it. Maybe it's something about how you look, how you talk, how you behave, how you come across. Go for it. Okay, hopefully you paused. And here's the amazing thing. You've all written down different things. You can literally be the same height as another listener and only one of you has written down that people will think you're too tall or too small, whatever it was. So how can that be? Well, because everything you've listed are things that you don't like about yourself. Where did those thoughts come from? Your brain, no one else's. You are not reading anyone else's mind, just your own. And you're projecting your own self-criticism onto others. So let me give you an example from my younger days. I remember when I was, I think, 16, teenage girl, I didn't like my body, shocker, I know, for a 16-year-old girl, let's change that. Anyway, I honestly remember crying once before going out to friends to a party. 
because I couldn't find anything to wear that would make me look as thin as I wanted to be. And I was sure that everyone would be looking at me and thinking about how fat I was, like the whole time. And I remember one of my girlfriends coming over to pick me up and asking me why I was so upset. She could see I'd been crying. And I looked at her like, isn't it obvious? Look at me. And then she asked if it was because I thought, or I was scared that we weren't going to get into the party. Like, no, it wasn't. That was something she'd been worried about. It literally hadn't crossed my mind. I was too busy thinking about how everyone was going to be looking at my ass. And it's just that example that we bring our own worries and project them onto others the whole time. And big thanks to my mom who came in and said, darling, no one is looking at your ass. They're busy thinking about their own. Too true. I want that as like a sign t-shirt or something. <laughs> so thinking about that, all my friends getting ready for that party were in their own head with their own social anxiety inducing thoughts. I'm too tall. I'm too small. I have nothing to wear. I have braces. I mean, talk to a group of teenagers and you will hear it all. And according to research, social anxiety disorder symptoms start in teenage years. Obviously, I want to forget the phrase disorder. Of course, this is the age we become aware of ourselves and self-critical. There's no disorder about it. It's fucking normal. How we respond to it is truly what matters. So people experiencing social anxiety want to avoid social situations because they believe other people are the problem and that they can avoid the criticism if they just stay at home and avoid the other people. But here is the thing, if you are experiencing social anxiety, you are the critic. You are staying in with yourself at home, right? So maybe you're able to drown down the voices a little bit with some Netflix, but they're still there and they linger for longer. So the only way to overcome your social anxiety is to get to know it, awareness. What are the thoughts that you think others will have about you? Because this is your own self-critical thoughts about yourself. And this is where the work is to be done. So this is where I then work with clients to show them how their thoughts are connected to their results and how to change their thoughts so they can change their results. A reminder, of course, your instinct is to avoid social situations. Think about everything I've taught you throughout the podcast on different episodes. Your brain wants to keep you alive. It wants to stay in the cave. It wants to minimize effort and avoid potential rejection while getting instant pleasure from a tub of ice cream. So here's the additional new age problem for us, technology. Technology has been created. It seems to solve for our social anxiety, but really can often magnify it. Think about it. Now you can order food, play games, book travel, learn a language, all without talking to another human. So we're missing these smaller, briefer social interactions. And the more we use these technologies, if we're not going out there and meeting new people, the greater our social anxiety and fear of others, fear of others' opinion of us grows. So if you're someone trying to meet new friends, new clients or partners by sitting at home, posting in random Facebook groups, swiping, messaging strangers, cold emailing, having conversations on five different apps, 
then you are not meeting people in real life and you are literally feeding your judgmental skill. Because the more you judge others based on the surface level stuff that we can see online, how they look, what their job title is, their age, their height, their relationship status, the more you are going to end up judging yourself. Full stop. So this was a big one this week, I know. So I want to run through the big themes once again before I leave you. Firstly, social anxiety is normal and can be explained by evolution and socialization. Second, like all anxiety, it comes from your thoughts. It comes from your negative thoughts and judgments about yourself. Third, avoiding social situations to relieve your social anxiety will not ever work. It actually has the opposite effect. Next, fourth, everyone's thinking about themselves not you. And we know this because you also are not thinking about them, you are thinking about yourselves. Fifth, thanks to technology, it's easier than ever to avoid dealing with this. So if you don't deal with it now, it's going to stay with you forever. I want to remind you that anxiety does not mean life or death. It used to, right? Our brain processes anxiety as a life or death situation. And you get that in theory, you understand that now, anxiety doesn't equal life or death. But you need to learn it practically. And you can do this by going to a social event, even when you feel anxious. And of course, I recommend writing down all your thoughts first, raising that awareness in either self-coaching or working with a coach. But if you do not have the tools to do that, you can still survive the anxiety. And I had a call with someone And he said, it was about two weeks ago, and he said he was so anxious about this upcoming event that he was going to throw up in front of everyone and be embarrassed. And I said to him, well, honestly, if you did that, you'll survive. It's not life or death. And I know I'm being tough on this one, and most of you or some of you will be thinking, oh, we should stay at home and stay safe. But really, the only way to learn that he's going to be able to survive it, and this goes for all of you, is by going out there, having the worst thing happen, which 90% of the time doesn't happen once we're actually there anyway. But still, let's say it does. Let me give you that the worst thing will happen. You go out there and you survive and you live and your brain learns that it's not life or death. Okay, lovely. Is the Fuck Anxiety Workshop happening next weekend? There are a few places left. If you want one, I will leave the sign-up link in the show notes. It's going to be perfect for those of you listening and looking for just deeper understanding and just an opportunity to ask me any questions anonymously. And finally, share this podcast with a friend or two. Do it right now. I know you're finding this helpful and that's why you're listening. So go and help someone else. Have an amazing week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Are you ready to feel better? You can download a free anxiety workbook, which includes a bonus worksheet to use anytime you feel anxiety creeping in by heading over to vickilouise.com forward slash guide. That is Vicky, V-I-K-K-I, then Louise, L-O-U-I-S-E. So vickilouise.com forward slash guide. The link will also be in the show notes. Just do it.